Finally, a wrestling podcast that doesn't cover just show reviews and news updates. Tired of the same old, same old? Well, lucky you, because this is the Unexpected Wrestling Podcast. With your hosts, Dustin and Chriselle, hitting you hard with the entertaining content that you want. Power rankings. Power rankings. Awards. Awards. Rants. Rants. And highlights. It's all here for your enjoyment, but let's not waste any more time. It's time for the main event of your day. Hello, everybody. Welcome, 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 welcome to the first, and I mean the first episode of the Unexpected Wrestling Podcast. I'm Dustin. And I'm Chriselle. And we just want to say, first of all, welcome to the podcast. We are so glad that you're here with us. We're so glad that you could take this time out your day to just listen to us. And we are ready to give you great, fun, and entertaining content. Chriselle, how are you feeling today? Because I know I am on an 11. I'm so excited. I've been waiting for the last few months to really get this, to be here, to be here, to record the first official episode. And so now that the time is here, I'm just so excited and I'm just, just excited, okay? I'm excited. No, like, that excitement is, like, really contagious. If you guys only knew and understood, like, the work that we put in, to just want to bring you guys this fun, enjoyable content, this fun and enjoyable just podcast that we feel as though we want to share, not just our wrestling opinions, but our love for wrestling, our love for entertainment. Like, we just want to give you guys all of that so we cannot wait. And since we've been growing our our following on Instagram and just trying to reach out to you all, there's been so much nice comments, nice interactions with each other that I'm glad that I finally get to talk to you guys a little bit more personally. Or are we? Uh, <laughs> right. But I'm just excited. It's like there's a lot that had happened to make it to this moment, and it's it's finally here. Now I was making this joke earlier, and I was like, it's kind of funny that everyone's finally going to be able to hear our voices. <laughs> like you know, our following is like seeing our faces and everything, but they're finally going to hear our voices. And like I said, we just are so excited to give you guys just something different, something fun and entertaining. And we're glad that you guys are here for not only the first episode, but hopefully many, many episodes down the road. Um, just a little bit about myself. I'm Dustin and I'm really excited. I'm a lifelong wrestling fan. I started watching wrestling back in the 2000s, um, but I love old school wrestlers all the way back to Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Undertaker, Randy Savage, you know, those type of guys, all the way to your modern guys such as John Cena, CM Punk, Roman Reigns even. So I am so excited to be able to have a platform to share with you guys and just give you guys great wrestling content. And I might not necessarily be a devoted fan the, my whole life because I kind of fell off. I won't lie. But you don't have to watch it every day, not miss an episode to be considered a fan. Right. I used to be super into it. Early 2000s, big Randy Orton fan, Degeneration X, like all, all of that. Those are my favorites. And I remember just watching it as a kid with my cousins and it was great. But I always felt that I couldn't get too into it because the whole stigma of like, that's for boys. But now I'm, I'm now I'm grown. <laughs> and I've, I think I'm almost even more into it now than I was when I was a kid. And it brings me so much joy. And I just, I love it so much. And I'm glad to be able to be here to talk about it. And it just, it's been so much fun to fall back in love with wrestling. Yeah. We feel as though wrestling is for everyone. There's no, racial barriers 
uh, gender barriers, financial barriers, whatever it may be, wrestling is an entertainment form. It's something that we feel like it's for everyone and everyone should be able to enjoy it. Everyone should be able to express their opinions about it. And everyone should have the ability to just have a great time watching wrestling or performing wrestling if that's something that you do. We're here to give you guys um, not just our opinions, but, you know, an oversight on what's going on in the wrestling community. We're here to give you guys, like I said earlier, something different. So, hey, be on the lookout for our segments. We're going to be giving you guys fun and entertaining things. And as welcoming, as inclusive as an environment we are trying to create, I will personally say that I'm here to bully all the creeps. Um, right. <laughs> as, as we've kind of gotten more into the wrestling community, there's a lot of mansplaining or just creeps that over-sexualize some of the wrestlers. And if that's one of you, I will bully you without hesitation. <laughs> but that, that, that's if you fit that demographic, you're a one party that does not fit into our demographic. <laughs> you don't fit for us. Look, we're here to give you guys great stuff. So without further ado, we're almost five minutes into this and we haven't even gotten like really rolling, rolling. But hey. That's uh, what that's what SmackDown and Raw does anyway. Yeah, really, right? Look, they take about 10 to 15 minutes to really get started. But look, we're trying to be better, right? We're trying to be better. <laughs> so we're going to get going into our first official segment of our podcast. Uh, we're going to talk about a little bit of news. Now, if you are looking for a full breakdown of the news, then go check out our trailer to find out when we will specifically be doing that. Um, but on this episode, we're going to be bringing you guys a little bit of news, some power rankings of the top six wrestlers of the week, as well as our unexpected awards of the week. We got some fun categories for you guys. We're going to talk about them. We're going to break them down for you. So, Chris, are you ready? I'm so ready because we've been posting our power rankings for the last like month and a half, but now we can finally really get into our awards. So let's, let's do it. Like really, right? We can get rolling. So we're going to start off with just a little bit of news this week. So we're going to just bring it down just a tad really quickly to cover some very important news that happened this week. Uh, the great Triple H, um, multi-time world champion in WWE, Hall of Fame worthy wrestler and now executive with the WWE. He had a what's being explained as a cardiac incident. Um, no one knows exactly what was going on. It was also described as a genetic condition with his heart. He had he had successful surgery this week to um, help heal and repair that cardiac situation. So we're just sending out all our best to Triple H this week. Uh, of course, you never want to hear about anyone being sick or injured or anything of that nature, especially a legend such as Triple H. So we're sending him our best here as, as the Unexpected Family. Absolutely. I feel like sometimes it's hard to remember that they're not superhuman, that these right, amazing right. wrestlers, they're, they're, they feel like larger than life personalities and that they're untouchable, but they are they are human. And so when something like this happens, it's it's humbling, but also you you start to worry about them. I I've always been a Triple H fan. I've I've had dreams where he's <laughs> in most of my dreams. Triple H comes and save me. That's that's a matter of fact. But so hearing this, like I I do I would do wish him well, and I hope that he recovers. Yeah, we definitely hope he recovers. And I look like Chriselle said earlier, she's here to call out people. I'm here to call you out too. So if you're one of those people that I saw on Instagram and Twitter making jokes about. Oh, Triple H had this heart condition because Vince McMahon took NXT away from him or making jokes about this heart situation. A big screw you, man, because that's not funny. That's not cool. Like, 
you know, have your opinions. I am all for people having opinions. However, when things get disrespectful, when things go over the line and you're making fun of someone's health or anything else ridiculous about them, you need to stop it. So we here at, as the Unexpected Family are sending our best to Triple H. We are hoping that whatever he's doing right now, whether he's at home recovering, whether he's back in the office already, getting back to work and doing what he has to do, um, we're hoping for the best for him. We're sending out our thoughts and prayers to him. And then also, it was great this week also to see the outpouring of love from not just WWE wrestlers, but wrestlers from other promotions, AEW, New Japan, Ring of Honor, whatever wrestling promotion they may be. And it was great to see the outpouring of love. So with that, let's turn it back up. Let's turn it. Let's go. Let's Chriselle, you want to turn it up? Let's turn it up. You want to turn it up? Let's turn it Because this is my favorite part of our segments, I think. I think it's going to be the best one. Best? I don't know. The power rings are really fun to talk about. The so. rankings are fun. But look, we're going to jump straight into our awards. The first ever, the inaugural Unexpected Awards. Now, before we get rolling into the awards, I just want to say this one time. Our awards and our power rankings are going to be focusing specifically on WWE. If you're looking for other promotions and this, that, and the other, we'll cover most of that in our news. However, WWE will be the main focus of our awards as well as our rankings. So with that being said, we're going to hop into the first ever award, the best match of the week. What took the cake this week? What was the match that we are like, man, if you have 10 minutes out of your day, find a way to go see it. I think this is a very interesting category. So, our nominees this week are Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus from Monday Night Raw, the Tag Team Turmoil match from Monday Night Raw, and Edge versus Seth Rollins from this Friday Night SmackDown at Madison Square Garden. Chriselle, out of those three, which one are you really pushing for? <laughs> Drew and Sheamus. Like, I... Like I... Love Edge, love Rollins, all that. Drew and Sheamus, this match, I am not one to usually get out of my seat at an at-home viewing situation, but that ending, the everything that this match just means, I was here for. And I love it. I love Drew, and I love Sheamus, and Drew came out with his fancy knee pads. It, I, I loved it. Okay, so I hear you on that, right? I hear you on the Drew and Sheamus match. I was one of the people who tweeted during the match, hey, Drew, Drew and Sheamus don't miss. However, I think that knocks them down a few pegs because of the fact that, hey, this is the fifth or sixth match Drew and Sheamus have had together in the last, I don't even know, what, four or five months. I'm, I'm tired of seeing it. It's like with any good thing, you get too much of it, you don't want it anymore. Drew and I, I hear you. I understand. Drew and Sheamus have great matches, but I really feel as though this match was probably one of their worst ones that they've had over the last four or five months. I can think back to the other matches that they've had, and I've enjoyed those a lot more. For me, this match was good. Don't get me wrong. However, does it compare to Tag Team Turmoil and Edge versus Rollins? For me, no. <sighs> Gasps in Spanish. <laughs> Uh, I hear you. Maybe there was some flat parts. Maybe I don't agree. I can see how maybe for some people, I feel like for a great match, it's the way it ends that sticks with me the most. The ending's important. And I think this was the best ending of every... Oh, okay. Just kidding. See? Just, see? You checked just, yourself! I did! Okay. And that's the only... Okay. Okay. As far as we're going to go views and clicks and all that, <laughs> Drew and Sheamus, that, that ending was a great. As far as like technically, you know, that was great. Story storyline 
wise, like how how it's gonna play out next week. Obviously, that doesn't have as much like oomph and like it doesn't carry as much. The Edge versus Rollins, Edge having to be carried out on a stretcher. Yeah, that makes for a better storyline next week. And like that's cool and there's shock value. But that's not like a wrestling like it is it a wrestling thing? Yeah, but is it a wrestling thing? You but know? but but that's the argument I'm making where I'm like, hey, Drew and Sheamus had a good match. And I said, like, hey, having multiple matches can diminish the effect of a great match that you have later on. So you can make that same argument for Edge versus Seth Rollins. They had that match at SummerSlam only what was it one or two weeks ago? I don't SummerSlam was what two weeks ago? So okay, like, hey Dustin, aren't you being a hypocrite here? No, because it's only their second match as opposed to Drew and Sheamus. And then when you look at Edge and Rollins, you look at the stories that they're telling within the match as well. So the end of the match storyline with Edge being injured and all of this other stuff and having to be stretchered off because of his neck and everyone has heard about Edge's neck surgeries and this, that, and the other. Okay, I'm with you there. But then you take within the match, the first match that they had at SummerSlam Rollins was attacking the neck, attacking the neck, attacking the neck. And people have said, and I even said, like, their SummerSlam match was, you know, some of their greatest hits. They were pulling out all the stops, all of their finishing moves. They changed it up for this match. It was, hey, whose moves can I steal better? Like, Rollins was trying to hit an execution. Rollins was trying to do a cross face. Like, I mean, Rollins did a glam slam, which is Beth Phoenix's move, who's Edge's wife. Like, I think that the Edge and Rollins match, had everything within the match as well as post-match where, you know, like Drew and Sheamus, they had a cool ending, but I don't even remember it personally. Edge and Rollins is going to stick with me because you can make the argument that this match was better than their SummerSlam match. It was better than their SummerSlam match. I'll give you that. But I just want to say we've been talking about the best match and we keep comparing these two and the tag team turmoil hasn't come up once. So I feel like I'm just going to drop that No, one. but but see, drop it. but see, I can make an argument for tag team turmoil too because it felt fresh. Like, I think a big argument that a lot of WWE fans at least make is WWE does not care about their tag team division. Like, it's either about the major titles, the WWE and the universal title, or it's not relevant. And I think tag team turmoil on Raw, it kept Raw feeling fresh, which is a new thing as any avid Monday Night Raw watcher knows. And then tag team turmoil was really interesting because you had the New Day going all the way through and fighting their way through. It was the Viking Raiders. They fought Jinder Mahal's team. They shot Lucha House Party. And then they got stifled by AJ Styles and Omos. And then you had the Bobby Lashley Incorporation. I think tag team turmoil deserves... At the very least, the number two spot, I'd say Drew and Sheamus was, at best, the third best match this week. You're wild. You're truly just wild. Was it entertaining? Absolutely. However, I think before the match even started, was more entertaining than the match itself. You're talking about tag team turmoil? Yes. Okay. Before the match even started, they were all shooting a little bit of a promo, and it was great. It was kind of, I'm the best. No, I'm the best. And you got to see the teams before they came out, and then you got to experience them coming out to their music. Great, great, great. But it just, that part alone was just fresh, and that's great. And it was it entertaining? I'm not saying that the tag team turmoil wasn't entertaining. I just don't think it's better than either of the other two out there that we have for our nominations right now. I think it deserves an honorable mention. It needs to be noted. It was a great fresh thing, especially being on Raw, that Raw does a lot of repetition. However, Raw is repetition. <laughs> the R in Raw stands for repetition. But no, it stands for rematch. Mm, you're not wrong. <laughs> but that's that's just my take. 
No, I hear. Okay. So I'll cut you a deal here because we're clearly not seeing eye to eye. We'll eliminate tag team turmoil. Deal? Deal. So that puts us down to two for the awards. Drew and Sheamus, Edge and Rollins. We're clearly on opposite ends of the fence. So give me your final push for why you think Drew and Sheamus was the best match this week. And then I'll do the same with Edge and Rollins. And we'll see if we can come together at the end of this. Give it to me. I'm just a sucker for a Claymore. And then I know. Oh, God. (laughs) That's terrible reasoning. Shut up. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm a sucker for a Drew. Okay. Honestly, I think I'm okay. Fine. You know what? I don't have much to say because I do. Hold on. Hold on. Because look, Drew did fan. I. Okay, fine. Fine. Maybe Drew and Sheamus's match wasn't the best match. I will step down. I will put Edge and Rollins as number one. But before I officially step down from the Drew and Sheamus thing, the only reason why I'm willing to step back is because the reason why I put it as number one is because I love when Drew gets a great spot. I love the way it finished. Did he lose? Yeah. But he still got that Claymore finish. Like, it just, it, I just love when he's angry. And at the end, he was angry, and there was a lot of great stuff there. But fine. And since you're hosting this week. Right. I'll let it go. Concede the victory to my choice. But next week, when I'm hosting. We'll see about next week. But next week, when it's my turn to host, I will not be as lenient. (laughs) Well, there you go. Look. So, Edge and Rollins' best match of the week. Are we in agreement? Even you're like apprehensive agreements like agreements nonetheless look edge and rollins was a great match this week you know we're going back and forth on these matches but if you have five minutes ten minutes out of your day go on youtube look up the match it was fantastic it had great storytelling it was entertaining throughout check it out now we're gonna go to the completely other end of the spectrum the worst match of the week. What you should avoid by all costs. Like, if you see it on your timeline on Twitter, if you notice it, just close the app. Just put your phone down. Throw your phone in a river. Like, you don't need to see it. It will be the worst few minutes of your week, probably. This goes on to, like, the list of reasons why you don't need to watch Raw. Yeah, like, because they're both coming from Monday Night Raw. Rarely you will see a bad match on SmackDown, but Monday Night Raw is infamous. For having some some rough ones. But you also don't have to listen to us because we still watch Raw every week as much as we complain about yeah, it. Yeah, we're some suckers. We're but of, We're one of those. <laughs> we're, we're the reason that they're still on TV. But look, the worst match of the week. We have two nominees for this category. Nia Jax and Charlotte Flair for the Raw Women's Championship. Or Karrion Cross versus John Morrison. In my opinion, they were both terrible. And if I could give it to two matches... I really would, but Chriselle, I'll go to you once again. Which one of these are you feeling more strongly and passionate about that was truly garbage? Okay, so I think these were bad, but in different ways. Okay. So Cross versus Morrison just was not a good match. It, was it wasn't. Nothing. It wasn't entertaining. You kind of felt bad for Karrion Cross because you feel like he did so great on NXT. This is still mm-hmm. not one of those matches that would be, you know, to his caliber of what it was in NXT. Morrison, I don't really love him, but you know he's fun and he. And I think he's a great wrestler to like for people trying to make it onto the main roster. And I know he's a very safe person to wrestle with. So I mm-hmm. love that. I love that they they have this opportunity. 
would I watch it again? Did I barely watch it the first time? Yes and yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, oh, so, so you'd sorry, watch it sorry. again? Just kidding. I'm lying. I would not watch it again. Okay, I was about to say, whoa. My brain gets confused sometimes. <laughs> and as far as the Nia Jax and the Charlotte Flair match, that one was bad in the sense that these two women are over each other. They hate it. They, I don't know if they're just going to the storyline. I don't know the behind the scenes. I'm going to look more into it. But it just seems like they're so over each other. Halfway through the match, they both stopped selling the match. They stopped selling the chops. They stopped selling any moves. They just start pushing each other's head. It just starts feeling unsafe. And Nia Jax has a track record of injuring wrestlers during matches. Is it her fault? Is it just like not great chemistry? It's between- her fault. it's her fault i'm not there i don't know it's her fault (laughs) i don't know i'm not gonna make a harsh decision on that one but it does get scary when you know that there is a track record of nia Jax's matches ending in some type of injury i don't want to see any wrestler injured and so for that department it's a bad match but as far as what a worse match means to me i'm going with cross versus morrison I hear you. Man, these both were terrible. Like, I, if you came to hear us rag on wrestlers and matches, congratulations. This is your favorite part of the show. Because, man, I'm about to go in. Nia Jax, it, so you take Nia and Charlotte, right? It started off bad because Shayna Baszler, like, hops on the ring and is like, hey, Nia, Charlotte's going to win. Why was that even needed? Oh, I like that. I, I want them to split up, and I think... No, I don't... So I hear you, right? And I agree that I want I want them to split up too. But like, why was this done dirt like at the beginning of the match? Like, why I don't know. I feel like it could have been placed differently. I want them to split up really badly too because I think Shayna Baszler is cool AF, and I think she deserves like a really big push and like deserves to be like at the forefront of a a women's division. However, and she can't really do that with Nia Jax. However, I don't think this was the time or place for that. But Putting that aside, like Chriselle said, like these women clearly like do not like each other. Like you said, I don't know if it's in the storyline or if it's behind the scenes they have beef or whatever it may be, but they just lay it into each other. I mean, Nia's dropping Charlotte on her neck, Charlotte's punching Nia in the face, and then vice versa. I mean, it's really unsafe. And like I love wrestling, however, I don't want to see anyone get hurt, especially hurt very badly and dropping people on their necks is really dangerous and like you said Nia Jax has a track record of being unsafe I do not like her at all I'm not a fan there are a few wrestlers and I'm sure throughout this podcast you know lifespan you'll hear me talk about wrestlers that I just do not like Nia Jax is one of them specifically because she is so unsafe in the ring She's injured countless people. She's injured Sasha Banks. She's injured Becky Lynch and broke her nose. She hurt Bailey's knee. Uh, Io Shirai, she hurt her neck. Like Kyrie Sane, she darn near broke her neck. I mean, the list goes on and on of people that she's countlessly injured because of her negligence and just being unsafe in the ring. It does come down to chemistry. Two wrestlers do need to know how to work together. I'm not arguing that point. However, Nia is just so unsafe. So, on an unsafe factor, that match was terrible. But when you go to a bad factor, and I guess we're saying, like, it depends on your definition of worst. When you look at just bad, Cross versus Morrison was bad. 
It had nothing redeeming about it. It had nothing that was really entertaining about it. Karrion Cross got another win, and I'm glad he's getting wins because that's how you should handle a call-up from NXT. You should give them wins. You should make them feel important, especially someone who is just NXT champion. We're not going to talk about his loss to Jeff Hardy on his opening night while he had the championship around his waist. We're not going to talk about that. But Karrion Cross like, should be treated like a-, a monster, like he was in this match. However, there was just nothing redeeming about this match. I don't even remember anything. The only thing I actually remember from it is Karrion Cross's entrance because he had that idiot mask on looking like he was trapped in a dungeon with that mask and suspenders. And then he had, like, he got hit with a drip stick at the end by Morrison. And, I mean, it's just goofy, childish, annoying, not entertaining. So I'm actually going to defer to you here, Chriselle, because I don't like these matches for different reasons. It depends on what the definition of worst is. Is worst unforgettable and just bad, or is worst dangerous and bad? Let's come to a middle. Okay. Maybe we can create a, an award for this week. And I'm sure there'll be other weeks where we're going to have to give this award out as much as I wouldn't want to. Sometimes it's just needed. We can give an unsafe award. An unsafe award. Okay. And so this week's unsafe award winners would be Nia and Charlotte. Yep. And then the worst match would be Cross and Morrison. Cross and Morrison. I, I can agree on that. I mean, do yourself a favor. Don't watch these, these matches. <laughs> do yourself a favor. We're helping you. Okay, you can probably watch the Nia and Charlotte match. It's a little entertaining. Yeah, it has some entertaining moments. It's almost just like watching a high school fight more so, but... Yeah, a lot of hair pulling. Like. <laughs> but it's a, it's entertaining, especially if you're either a Nia or Charlotte fan, just because it, it does just feel rough. It's mm-hmm. kind of in that department. It's entertaining yeah. to watch, but the Cross and Morrison one, you could skip that one. Yeah. Hard pass. Yeah, like I think... Three out of the four people that we've mentioned for these things, like I think they can put on good matches. I think Cross, Morrison, and Charlotte are all capable of great things. I like Charlotte Flair, which is contrary to a lot of beliefs. I like Charlotte, but this match just wasn't great. I'm glad she won, though. So let's move on. We talked enough about the best and the worst, right? We're getting back to a, you know, quote-unquote best category, but we're, we're taking away from the wrestling. Wrestling's great. Like, we, we, we like wrestling. That's why we're doing this. However... You look good. You play good. You like wrestling is everything. Wrestling, you can't just go out, beat each other up, and keep it going. We're talking about storyline. We're talking about mm-hmm. the dressing, and yeah. we're here for everything. Put on a show, and you can't go and have a great show without looking good. Like you gotta, you gotta look good because that's gonna make me care about you. Like think about it. If every wrestler came out how uh, Baron Corbin used to come out, ah, or King right, Corbin right. at the time, <laughs> everybody dressed like him coming out. It would not be entertaining. We need the colors. We need the style. We need the fluff. We need the jackets. The flair. And Charlotte Flair. Look, you got you gotta look good. You gotta look good. So this is our best dressed category. Who had the best drip? Who looked the nicest? Who do we think had the total ensemble for their outfits this week? And look, we're expanding on this one. We got five. Five different nominees for this one. We're gonna start with. The Bloodline, Roman Reigns, Jay Uso, and Jim Uso. For those Bloodline t-shirts, if you haven't seen them go on WWE Shop, I'm going to do a little promo for them because them things are amazing. I think they look fantastic. We're going to go with Rey Mysterio. Chriselle, this was yours. How did Rey look this week? Rey looked great. He had the, you know, Rey's gear is always kind of a classic thing because he does still wear his mask. His gear is always that classic luchador 
get up. Like that's mm-hmm. what him and Dom do all the time, which is the son, which do all the, all the time. And it's great. But this week with the black and white, mm-hmm. it just looked really nice. And sometimes I don't enjoy all of his stuff. But this week I was like, wow, this is really cool. It might make for a good cosplay. It was fun. I liked it. And I'm like, like I'm a sucker for a classic gear situation, which I'll get into. In yeah, just a second. we got Mr. Edge, the rated R superstar Edge. He had also some classic gear with the pink. I actually saw on Twitter, people were like, that's an homage to Bret Hart. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Bret Hart used to mm-hmm. wear the black and pink. I thought Edge's gear was cool. We had Seth Rollins, who I loved Seth Rollins gear this week. He had the white fur coat for his entrance, the long white fur. And then he had black tights with white boots, but the boots had like a golden accent to them. So it looked very like, not regal, but you know, very like prominent you could say like he looked fantastic and then you had wanted to nominate charlotte flair as well you can't have the best dress award and not mention charlotte because charlotte does not miss and i feel like because she doesn't i feel like because she always has such great gear such great entrances or because sometimes she wears something when she walks out not necessarily what she's wrestling in but she takes it off and she has amazing gear underneath Mm. she does not miss she always has something great and so you kind of have to still mention her and her colors, like the red and blue this week, gave very much Superman vibes. Mm. And I just, I, I do enjoy it. And again, sucker for classic gear. Right. And okay. before before we, you know, argue, I would like to say that sometimes Dustin and I, we look for different things. <laughs> and I would like to know what you you think, because I always side on the side of great classic gear will always be better than joggers and a t-shirt sometimes it looks really good especially when it's the bloodline pulling it out if you're roman reigns one of the usos great it looks great absolutely but come on i like the creativity of regular gear okay okay so look we gave you our five nominees the bloodline ray mysterio edge seth rollins and charlotte (sighs) man do you want to just present one Okay. One each, or because I, think, I, I okay. have two that I'm really feeling. Let's go backwards. Okay, so who's out? Who's out? Charlotte. I don't remember what Charlotte wore. Okay, okay. And I know I put Ray Mysterio in here, but because I'm gonna ride really hard for Edge in the classic department, I will. Actually, I'm lying. I'm not removing Mysterio. I'm dominating Rollins because he's already kind of done this, and it's kind of just. You know, he's kind of stepped with a coat situation. and I, The coat was fire. Okay, but it was fire last week. It wasn't great. Like, you know, he, Seth Rollins, does, isn't, he's not one of those guys that wears the same thing all the time. And so when he does, it gets boring quick because that's not what he does. And because I know he didn't have to put too much effort into this look, I'm like, mm, maybe the next look when he does something similar, but it's like a little bit of switch up. I'll be like, yes, Rollins, great. Drip King, cool. This week, no. Okay, fine. So we got Charlotte. And we got Rollins out. So that leaves the Bloodline, Rey Mysterio, and Edge. I am riding hard for the Bloodline. And let me explain. I know that it wasn't ring gear. I know that, you know, it was a generic fit. Just a t-shirt and some joggers with some Jordans on. I get it. I get it. I get it. But Roman Reigns makes darn near any shirt he's wearing look good. I'll say it. I think the man makes any shirt he's wearing look good. And the Usos make it look even better. Now, Dustin, does he look good or is he just Samoan? Nah, he, he looks good because, bro, like, <laughs> like, have you seen some Samoans? No shots at any whoa, Samoans whoa, whoa, out whoa, there. Whoa, 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 No, no. That's like a whole thing. Like, there's a whole thing on, on the internet. Is he hot or just Samoan? Because, I mean, yeah. 
I, I feel like you might get people confused, but Samoans. Some, Samoans are some handsome men. I ain't going to flex on it. But look, you got to look at it like this. The Bloodline t-shirts are fantastic. They got the three titles that the Bloodline currently holds, the Universal title and then the two tag team titles. They got a stack of money underneath them. And then they got the red accented throughout the shirt. You know, Paul Heyman's even in the shirt. And how do you not love anything with Paul Heyman in it? I mean, there's not much to say about the Bloodline shirts. Um, but I feel as though, like, those shirts are fantastic. They need to get the love and adoration that they deserve because they look great. You're a sucker for the Bloodline. Or maybe you're just a sucker. We don't know. Um, <laughs> it's cool. Do I want the shirt? Was I just thinking about ordering the shirt yesterday? Yeah. And I'm probably going to end up getting the shirt. And I'm probably going to end up getting the shirt. However, I think the pop for the white head of the table shirt was even like was better than this one and i don't know i don't i didn't love it i i know i'm sorry it's not that i didn't love it i just loved edge's stuff more that's that's what i'm gonna i won't i won't sit here and bash the bloodline because i don't need i don't need people coming for me but <laughs> edge i love when they play they play homage to another wrestler edge also doesn't do bright colors you know he'll change it up maybe a red a white a black because those are, i feel like those are kind of what revolves around his like identity most mm -hmm. mostly mm -hmm. so the pink did not see coming did not see coming and it looked good it did look good you know this is actually a category where i'm gonna i'm gonna bow out and surrender here yes i'm, I'm gonna go easy on it because i as much as i did like the bloodline gear Edge was a close number two for me, and I have no problem saving the Bloodline gear for another week because I feel like we won't be seeing Edge next week. So <laughs> I feel like I'll be able to argue for the Bloodline later on. So best dressed of the week goes to Edge for that Bret Hart-inspired gear with the pink. It, it did look great. I thought it was fantastic. Edge looked great this week. Behind his WrestleMania gear with the white and red, I think this was his best gear. Yes. Like, I think, yes. Because I, I did like the WrestleMania yes. white and red gear. Yes. If you haven't seen that, look up his WrestleMania 37 gear. We were there, by the way. Ooh. <laughs> but uh, look it up. It, it was some awesome gear. So, hey, three down, a few more to go. Now, this is an interesting one. We're going to go into our Splash Hole of the Week award. So, I know Morrison did not win. Well, I guess he technically won an award. He won the worst match, but that's not like a great that's award. A, you don't want to win that. You don't want to win that. <laughs> However, as much as we might have been trash talking him a little bit a few minutes ago, let's all just disregard that because like, apparently he's cool enough to have an award after his whole shtick because his whole thing is wet this, wet that, moist this. That, I'm so sorry. I just America's that. moist yeah. wanted. All right, that's it. No more. No more of that word for the rest of the podcast. I'm so sorry. Dustin, that was crude. Relax. <laughs> but splash hole of the week. So we got the splash hole of the week. Splash hole is exactly what you think it means. Yeah, I was going to say, like, we're a PG show. But you get it. You get what we're saying. You know, so, you know. So, yeah, splash hole of the week. We have two nominees. We have the WWE in general. And then we have Sonya Deville. They are for kind of the same reason, but one on a much broader and I feel like much more serious scale Chriselle, I'll let you talk about Sonya Deville because I have my thoughts on the WWE that I really need to say. I think Sonya Deville is a good way to get into this. I don't think it's yeah. actually Sonya Deville's fault. No, it's not. However, it has to be said because it all ties together. And also, Sonya, 
basically all I'm saying is give Naomi a match for the last three weeks, two or three, yeah. two or three weeks. Uh, Naomi has been going up to Sonya and asking for a match. Mind you, Naomi has been moved to the SmackDown card for almost a month and a half. It's been a while and she has not actually shown up for a match on SmackDown. She's just recently showed face on the actual live episodes where she's asking Sonya for a match and Sonya's on the phone too busy to give her the time of day. But I feel as though it's really symbolic of what happened this week. I'll let you go further, Dustin. So Sonya Deville's like a cog in this machine of... So Splash All of the Week is going to WWE in general. Like we're cutting that now. Like we're not even going to argue about it. We're in agreement. Agreed. Yep. Splash All of the Week goes to the WWE. Specifically... Whoever the heck was backstage at SmackDown this week. Specifically, whoever moved around the cards of who was wrestling and who wasn't. Because SmackDown last night, on Friday night, was a fantastic show. I mean, you had Edge and Rollins too. You had the Street Profits and the Usos. You had Brock Lesnar show up. You had Becky and Bianca. It was a great show. I am not saying that by any means. However, there were no women's matches on the show and based on wwe superstar reactions as well as some fan outrage there was supposedly supposed to be a women's match on the card i'm assuming involving some combination of Liv morgan zelina vega carmella maybe naomi who knows exactly what the match would have been but wwe do better it is ridiculous you had a two-hour show and you had zero women's matches on it it's inexcusable. Edge and Rollins had a 20 to 25 minute banger and it was fantastic. But it does not hurt to cut a couple minutes off of that to give the women at least an opportunity. This is not the 1990s. This is not 2000s WWE. It is 2021 and women should be featured prominently on the show outside of a simple contract signing. And before anyone's like, how do you know they're going to be on the card this, that, and third? Maybe it wasn't explicitly said. And yeah, WWE has a track record of advertising certain things that never happened. Mm -hmm. However, the fact that the Zelina Vega had posted on Twitter, or tweeted on Twitter, her in full gear, ready to go out. And then she said, never mind. As in she was going to go out, but then it was a never mind. And then the fact that Liv Morgan and Carmella both tweeted a dot, dot, dot after the show had ended in dot, dot, dots aren't anything. They're not exclamation points. They're not <laughs> only, you can only assume what that means. And then Naomi posted a clip that was never aired on TV about her going up to Sonya, trying to get a match. And that, even that small segment didn't make it to TV. And that's, that's what I'm saying when I, it's very frustrating when you have all of this talent, right? Now, no matter what you think of Carmella, Naomi, Liv Morgan, Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, like, it doesn't matter. Like, you have so much talent, and they're not given enough opportunities unless you're feuding for the title. And if you don't like either, like, either of the three that Dustin just mentioned, Liv Morgan, Carmella, and Naomi, like, I really just hope that it's the fact that they haven't been on TV and they haven't given the opportunity to show you that they're great. Because all three of them are amazing. Naomi, a legend. Carmella, she, she's been getting this push around type feel that it's kind of easy to put her on the back burner. But she's very talented and she's fun to have on TV. Liv Morgan keeps getting teased as, oh, she, she might get the belt. She might not get the belt. She might get an opportunity. She might not get an opportunity. And I think and she still hasn't gotten a belt yet. And I think she definitely 
deserves one at this point. Maybe not right now, but it, I do think it should come soon. And I think they're all just fantastic, and I want to see them be great. It's it's just really angering because as a fan, you know, like I said, I thoroughly enjoyed SmackDown last night. I think it was probably the best weekly WWE show of the year outside of a pay-per-view. Like, I think it was fantastic. I loved everything about the show. But when I sat back and thought about it, I'm like, hey, we had no women's matches. Like, here's my thing, WWE. You had a 10-man tag match. And you did that solely for the purpose of the Trey Young spot, which we'll get to. But you did that to get people on the show. And it worked. You got guys like Otis and Chad Gable, who I personally don't love, but you got them on the show. You got Big E, Shinsuke Nakamura. Sami Zayn, you got all of those guys on the show. Why can't you not do a six women tag? It doesn't have to go long because the 10 man tag only was about five to six minutes. You can't carve out seven, eight minutes for the women to do a six woman tag. And even though we gave Edge and Rollins the best match, it was a very long match that didn't need to be that long. In TV time, there isn't many matches that get three whole commercial breaks. Yeah, it was pretty long. But this one did. And I know that the time between airtime and commercials isn't long however i feel like the standard is two is two so the you could you could have taken one of those chunks out for a quick match just a quick match or maybe a storyline builds up to mm-hmm. anything anything to get them on tv to give the people that are here for women's wrestling something to be excited about exactly you 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 harm yourself with your fan base because like i said even someone like me who I love a ton of women's wrestlers. That really hurts me because I didn't get to see Liv Morgan on a two-hour TV show. All I got was Bianca Belair and Becky. And I like both of them. Do not get me wrong. I think they're both fantastic. But women should be given opportunities outside of the title picture. Why is it that if you're not feuding for the title in WWE as a woman, you can't be on the show? I mean, it's inexcusable. Like, it. Thank God they're not having these women do bikini matches and pillow fights like they were in the 2000s. Thankfully, we're way beyond that. But I think we're definitely beyond the point of women getting one 10-minute segment on the show. And then what even makes this so much worse, I'm sure of it, Zelina Vegas from New York City. I think Queens. You had SmackDown this week at Madison Square Garden, and you don't feature someone? who is from New York. I mean, it's right there in front of you, WWE. It's a way to get a cheap pop from the fans. Like, they're gonna cheer for her. She's from their hometown. Like, they're gonna scream. They're gonna be excited. But not to just not feature her, but also to scratch her match from the card. So you gave her the hope of, hey, mom and dad, hey, brothers and sisters, relatives and close friends who are in New York, Come to the show and or watch the show because I'm going to be on it. And it's in the hometown, home state of New York. Oh, just kidding. I got scratched from the card. Now, WWE has a track record of screwing somebody over in their hometown. Yeah. Almost no, almost never does someone win when they're in their hometown. However, they're going to be on the card. Like that happened. Like even, even if it... it they're going to be on the card. If they're from that city, they're going to be on that card. Can you, if there's a show, if there's a, sorry, maybe not a show, a pay-per-view and Stone Cold Steve Austin does not show up in Texas and he's there, that would make no sense. And is Zelina Vega as big as Stone Cold? Absolutely not. However, it still just doesn't make any sense. Also, the reason 
it sounds like we're so upset is not just because this is an isolated event and we just decided to be very upset about it. This has been an ongoing thing with SmackDown lately. Tony Storm has been nowhere to, been, to be found. Where the hell is Tony Storm? Naomi has been a part of SmackDown, yet nothing has been done. Everybody is waiting and waiting and waiting for her to join the bloodline or even to be mentioned in any way, but it hasn't happened and that's so frustrating. And the only thing that I'll say about the Naomi thing is maybe it's incorporating into a storyline where, hey, maybe like she'll feel slighted by management and the only way she can get recognized is through joining the bloodline or turning or whatever it may be. I don't know. So I'll say that about the Naomi thing. But it's so frustrating. You mentioned Tony Storm. She had one match like two months ago. And where has she been? Where has she been? Like, people make the joke of, oh, you're stuck in catering. But these people are, especially these women who have so much talent. And I understand not everyone can make the show every week. You have a roster of hundreds of people. Well, probably a little bit less than that now because you're releasing everybody. But you have this large roster of individuals. Not everyone can make the show. I get it. But the incompetence and the tone-deaf attitude to scratch someone's match in their hometown and then to not feature any women's matches, it's ridiculous. It's really appalling, and it's so frustrating. So that's how I feel about it. Splash hole of the week goes to WWE, specifically the individuals backstage at SmackDown, specifically the individuals who decided to cut the match involving some assortment of Zelina Vega, Liv Morgan, Carmella, maybe Naomi, uh, and other women, That some assortment of that match. Because it's so frustrating. These women deserved better. Splash Hole of the Week goes to you, WWE. Congratulations. Man, okay. Well, I gotta I gotta calm down. <laughs> I gotta calm down. I'm actually hot. I'm actually yeah, hot. like my blood is really boiling. It's so frustrating, but we gotta keep room. We gotta keep moving. Man. Just for the record, <laughs> as much as we watch mostly WWE. We're here for the wrestlers, not really the, the corporation. Yeah. So when someone switches to AEW or anything else, it's not, oh, how dare you? You're, you, oh, yeah. WWE. No, no. You know, these people are human. They're going to make the best choice for themselves. And that's okay. And that's great for them. And I feel as though if we don't care about the wrestlers, who will? Right. Like WWE has this thing where they think the corporation is bigger than the individuals. And I think they have it completely backwards. People watch SmackDown for Roman Reigns, not because it's SmackDown. Yeah. Like, I mean, so, but that's a discussion we can get into later on. But, okay, let's keep it moving. Whew. At least we got a good pick-me-up coming. Okay. Because it's... it's The happy stuff. If the happy chemicals are going to start flowing again. It's time for the Unexpected Award of the Week. What is the Unexpected Award? It's our award. It's our award. We made it up. Like, I mean, all these awards are technically made up, but it's the Unexpected Award. It's going to be the last award we do every week. Um, because we think it's the most important one because we made it up. So the <laughs> unexpected award of the week will traditionally go to the moment that had us, you know, maybe a little bit shocked, maybe a little bit like, hmm, I didn't see that coming. Or maybe it's something where we're like, nah, that was so cool. It's getting the unexpected award. The unexpected award will be played loose and fast, you know, like we'll be <laughs> playing around with it. There's no real definition to it. But it's the stuff that kind of just has you, oh, did that just happen? Yeah, like a little eyebrow raiser of like, huh. It can go from the eyebrow raise to the upset, to like the upset of someone wins that they, you did not see that happening. Or someone shows up and you're like, where did you come from? 
or a, a heel turn or a heel turn that you don't see coming. Yeah, a like sto- like when Bailey went from hugs to who she is now. That's right. that's a that's a that's a one eighty. A storyline progression where you're like, huh, I didn't think they'd do that, or hey, I really like that. But that is the unexpected award, and we have three counted one, two, three specific nominees for this week. The first one being Trey Young. <laughs> I'm sorry, Trey Young showed up at SmackDown this week. On pure shock value alone, that was the that would win this award because Trey Young came out of nowhere. He's an NBA superstar. The city of New York hates him. Like they hate him. They booed Trey Young harder than I think they've booed anything else during the entire show, to be honest. I don't know. That Logan Paul boo was something serious. I, I don't think, know, man. New thing, York hates Trey Young. The thing is, I think I think the boo with Trey Young, a lot of people were actually genuinely booing. But I think there, it was also funny because that's not who you thought was going to come out. No. That's probably the last person anybody, especially especially with Sami Zayn dripped out and all his New York gear. Like you, I know he's 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 very like sarcastic. He's I know a that's troll. Who, he's a troll. And like, so you almost thought like, wow, like he's like really into it sounded great. And then it's like, oh. Oh, no. this is the way you're going. You just love to bring people out that people boo. That's gonna like that's new. Besides the conspiracy stuff, Sami Zayn is just gonna bring out the booers. Sami Sami Zayn's a national treasure. Like he honestly is. He one of the most underrated people on the roster. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Trey Young and him coming out. He's our first nominee. Our second nominee would be the Demon Finn Balor returning. The Demon is considered Finn Balor's alter ego. He he himself explained it as when I get pushed too far, when I get pushed to that certain place, my inner demon, my inner like evil comes out. Like I go to a different place. With the demon returning, I think that the demon Finn Balor only has one or no. I'm not 100% sure. It, 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 I think it's one loss as the demon persona in I think the last five or six years. So it's really impressive. But the demon Finn returning was a welcome unexpected moment, you could say. Um, I didn't see it coming, and I thought it was really cool to see. And not only has the demon Finn Balor maybe only been defeated one time, he was also the first Universal Champion. So who has that belt right now? Roman Reigns. And so the fact that they're feuding is just kiss. No, it's really interesting. Like, the demon Finn returning was really awesome. And then we get into our third nominee, and... Might be a sleeper for some people, but the entire Paul Heyman situation, I think it's it's been fantastic so far, but the twists keep on coming with it. Like, Brock Lesnar comes out and he says, hey, Paul, why didn't you tell Roman that I was going to be at SummerSlam? Roman's angry at Paul, but then Roman comes and saves Paul from Brock, and they're locking Paul Heyman out of the locker room. I mean, it's a really interesting situation. Correction, Paul Heyman was not locked out of the Well, locker. they did it last week or the week before. But it wasn't this week. It wasn't so this week. Okay, un- fair enough, fair enough. So the unexpected thing, let's, let's let's clear the weeds a little bit. Are we surprised that Brock Lesnar came back? No, because he made his appearance at SummerSlam. Yep. It was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And why not do it at Madison Square Garden uh, two weeks before the pay-per-view? Makes, makes sense. Se- makes sense. So that's not unexpected. Is it unexpected that Paul Heyman knew that Brock Lesnar was at SummerSlam? That's a 50-50 because some people are like, oh, yeah, Paul Heyman's going to be a snake. This, It's the unknown. But I was surprised that Brock Lesnar brought brought that up and revealed that Paul Heyman might be a little bit of a sneaky, cheating 
bloodline member. So we don't know. So that's a little like, oh. Now, as far as Brock Lesnar picking up Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns coming to save him, that really threw me off because there's been times where Roman Reigns leaves his cousins out to dry. That's has, true. has walked away in the middle of a match and let the Usos just get beat up. So the fact that he came back for Paul Heyman after just finding out that he knew that he was going to be at SummerSlam, it's really weird. And then the fact that he didn't get locked out afterwards because it's one thing to protect him and then be like, actually, screw you, man. Like, whatever. Like, some gaslighting type thing. But he didn't. And so, what the heck? So, we got our three nominees. This is a tough one. I actually feel like this is the closest category for awards that we've had so far. I'm stuck, but I want to, on pure shock value alone, I think I'm going with Trey Young. I know, like, he's not a WWE wrestler, but we're saying what caught me off guard? What was, like, a what in the world? And, I mean, throughout the entire thing, I was smiling. Trey Young coming out. He's a Madison Square Garden villain, if you know anything about basketball in the playoffs. New York hates him. He's arguably the most hated man in New York City. You can make the argument. They can't stand him. They booed the mess out of him. It was great move by WWE. You get some free publicity because ESPN is going to definitely cover it. Trey Young's one of the biggest stars in the NBA. But it really caught me off guard and it was so much fun. It was a celebrity appearance that, you know, makes you smile. Kind of like Bad Bunny showing up. You're like, oh, that's Bad Bunny. That's cool. Not like Logan Paul because we don't care about Logan Paul here at this podcast. But Trey Young showing up was the unexpected moment of the week for me personally. Chriselle, which one of these are you going with? I started off listening to you say that, wanting to disagree with you. But the more I think about it, I agree because I didn't see that coming at all. And it's one of those few things that wasn't teased. Yeah, not at all. And so with the Heyman situation, there's certain things that were kind of teased and Mm -hmm. you're kind of like, is it entertaining? Absolutely. Was it unexpected? Not necessarily besides the Roman stuff, but Roman, no one really knows what that guy's going to ever do. And as far as Demon Finn Balor returning, it's, it's been teased. And also so many people have been wanting to see it that I'm not, I was surprised. I, mm-hmm. I was surprised. Right. Uh, however, again, teased and it's kind of felt like it was around the corner. There was that chance that it wasn't going to happen because they haven't shown him in a very long time, but it happened. Yeah. I wasn't too surprised. I was very excited, but not surprised. So I will, I will side with you with the Trey Young stuff. So <laughs> Trey Young, a non WWE wrestler and or employee wins the first unexpected award i did not see that yeah that's unexpected i did not see that coming however if we were recording this back in april when bad bunny was coming up i would also be putting bad bunny as when he came out oh bad bunny was awesome absolutely bad bunny was saw him wrestle live just saying um i've been to a concert so whatever but (laughs) trey young wins the first ever unexpected award boom man that wraps it up. That's that's it. One down. Our first episode. First episode's down. Look, thank you so much from both of us, first of all, for just listening, making it to the end, sticking with us, and enjoying this podcast. Chriselle, any final thoughts? I would like to do a quick shout out to the family that we've created a little bit on Instagram and on Twitter. Right, right. Since we started our our profiles and things we've seen a lot of love so if you're one of them that constantly interacts or sends us a dm hello thank you 
you're seen. We love you. And if you would like to be a part of that bunch, we're interactive. Let us know. Like, like send us a message, in, like live tweet with us during Raw and SmackDown. Like, we're here. We want to know what you guys think. We want to talk with y'all. Yeah, we're going to constantly be bringing you guys fun, entertaining, and great stuff. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you. And special shout out, like she said, to the group of people and individuals that we've already cultivated and we've had along for this ride with us so far. And we can't wait to grow with you all. Catch you guys later. See you soon. You've been listening to the Unexpected Wrestling Podcast with Dustin and Chris Sal. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it. Leave a review. It better be positive. And keep up with the podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Catch you at the next show.